0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Among the reasons I look forward to Advent this year is that we leave behind Matthew and go to Mark. I can't be the only one who's tired of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's scary! Especially today, as, as we're, we're hearing about endings of things and, and the day of the Lord coming like a thief in the night, it's scary stuff. Jesus said, For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Can you tell it's place time? <laughs> a little fear is not such a bad thing. This happens every year. It happens in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I've never been quite sure whether the framers of the lectionary chose the readings because this is the usual stewardship time or whether stewardship season emerged from the scary readings. The scary, vaguely threatening stuff. And and, you know, honestly, I think Jesus did mean it as a warning in a way, but not not the warning that we, we hear at a kind of an overt level, not the warning we usually hear during the pledge drive. I'd also like to suggest, and we'll get there, that the slave who who buried his talent, the slave who hid his talent, that slave was already living in the darkness. As usual, it's all in how we hear the parable. Most of the time, probably because of the season, we hear this passage as being about giving to the church, something I'm always in favor of. Sometimes we hear this parable as a reminder to share money, lots of money, lots of money. For those of you who are filling out your pledge card, can you manage one talent, just one? That's a full year's salary, mind you. This is a lot of money we're talking about. So the message seems to be, don't just give the Church your money, because what you have already, that's not enough to appease God. First, take your money and use your money to make more money and then give it all to the church. I would like this better and better. If you only share what you have today, you'll be cast into the outer darkness from the weeping and tooth gnashing place. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with giving to the church. There's nothing wrong with giving to the poor. It's a very, very good thing. And using what you have to, to make more for the support of God's mission, that's a great idea. So by all means... Take the approach that works for you. If if you have investments, set aside a portion of your investments and use them as as a holy offering to produce wealth only for the kingdom. Or or give the parish a gift of appreciated stock. Your church benefits and you don't have to worry about capital gains tax. Or if investment isn't your talent, do you see what I did there? (laughs) Give Give to the parish endowment. Let the parish invest, and let your gift support resurrection for years and years to come. Or, keep what you have until the Lord comes. The great and terrible day of the Lord is coming for all of us, like a thief in the night. Keep what you have, but remember resurrection's endowment in your will. They are all great great and wonderful ways to support your church. And I would love it if any of you want to do that, and talk to me if you have any questions. But that isn't what the passage is about. Jesus is not coming with a bill. Once upon a time the church said, as soon as coin and coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. Some guy nailed some theses to the door of a church. Yeah, you remember. You can relax. This passage isn't about money. I'm also not going to do the usual sermon trick and, and use the, that strange linguistic accident and tell you that this isn't about treasure, it's about talents. Today's passage, I think, is about fear. It's about what fear can do to us, about how fear makes us live or or not live. First we have to get the image that's in our American minds of of race-based chattel slavery out of our heads. That's not what we're talking about, we know this. These slaves were highly trusted stewards of the master's wealth, and the master's business, and the master's property. He gave them a lot of money to take care of. And he left them, and as he was leaving, he wanted to make sure they were cared for. He wanted to make sure they would be okay in his absence, and so he gave them money. He gave them a lot of money. His expectation was that while he was gone, they would draw their own income from the proceeds of what they invested on the master's behalf. That's how stewards in the day were paid. They generated their own income by investing the master's wealth. Think of the the percentage that you pay to to Edward R. Jones or or Fidelity or, or whoever. Now, we have these stewards. We have a master who loves them enough to give them plenty to take care of themselves while he's gone. And two of the stewards were daring, and one of them was fearful. And that fearful slave took what he had, took what he'd been given, took this tremendous gift, and he buried it. And his caring master was put to shame because his master, who loved him, left resources for him to care for himself, but he was so scared that instead of using it, instead of enjoying it, instead of, of profiting from it, even instead of, of using it to put food on his table, he hid it all away. While his master was gone, he was either living the life of miserable poverty and embarrassing his master by doing so, or he had gone somewhere else and served another master. Either way, this fearful slave didn't live abundantly, he lived fearfully. In the midst of plenty, his life was impoverished, and he lived in darkness. Have you ever known someone like that slave? In the midst of plenty, they sit in the dark. They have enough, they might even have enough and to spare. They they have friends, they have children, they maybe have grandchildren, they have a community around them, they live in a a nation of of liberty and, and opportunity, and yet they can't enjoy it because they're so scared of losing what they have. Or maybe because they've been taught that Christians aren't allowed to enjoy things and be happy and be joyful. Or maybe it's just because no one has opened their eyes to see the blessings around them, whatever the reason. Instead of living fearlessly, instead of living exuberantly in joy and thanksgiving, they take the plenty that they've been given and they bury it under a rock. Maybe we've even been that person at some point. But there's a better way to live. We can take our life, and we can bury it. But there are those two other slaves who took what they'd been given to live on. They took their life, and they joyfully and exuberantly reveled in it. They traded with it, they went into business with it, they invested it, and to judge from the 100% rate of return, these guys can have my money any day, (laughs) to judge from the 100% rate of return, they took some real and significant risks. With the master's wealth, yes, but also with their own livelihood, they stepped out and took risks. They lived fearlessly. They lived abundantly. There was food on their tables and to spare. They took what they had and they did all that they could to please their master and to live their lives, even at the risk of losing it all. Have you ever known someone like that, who takes the blessings of this life and multiplies them. Someone who is so full of life that it overflows with the fruits of the Spirit with joy or, or kindness or tranquility. Have you ever known someone who belongs to the day and to the light and lives unafraid of their own failures or of anything else that the darkness holds? Someone whose life is so abundant that it's catching with plenty to share. I'm looking at them. We don't all of us have stock portfolios and, and business investments, but we've all been given enough by our Master. We all have families and friends. We all have this community. We have our earth and its beauty. We have, we have all those people whom it's frightening and risky to love, but who repay that risk 100-fold when we step out and do what's frightening. Your Master has left you abundant love and abundant life, enough love to cast out fear, enough life to take some risks, enough life to lose it, enough life to love and to share, enough life for love to overflow in the world. Remember, every time you see your bounty and you give thanks, every time your joy overflows, every time you, you take a leap of faith, every time you share God's peace and love with a neighbor, remember the abundant love that God gave you then grows and spreads and multiplies. Remember, every time you love another and they love in return, your love increases one hundredfold. And you can say, see, Master, I made five more talents. Amen. Amen.